if you're truly desire something, the universe will conspire in its full form to help you to its fullest extent. In the book, it says, because you are part of the universe and the universe is part of you. You know, that could be woo woo, but in a way it's true. Like your atoms were fused in the middle of a star. Those atoms became the atoms that are and make you up. I just finished two good books. I might even say that they had a profound impact on me. And those two books are The Alchemist by Paul Kaleo and Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. And today I'm bringing on Cameron from episode one of the podcast. Woo! <laughs> yeah, that's Cameron. <laughs> and we're not going to get too deep into the actual contents of the book themselves, but we're going to hit on the themes from the book and how that manifests in real life. Cameron, while you're here, and one of the reasons I brought you on, because you introduced me to this book, is what was one of the most profound things for you in the book? And like, what stuck with you from that? Well, I'd just like to say, uh, it's nice to be back on the Oddly Observant podcast. Thank you, Peter, for having me on once again. Um, I was on episode one, if if you guys remember. Um, uh, great to be back. <laughs> but um, no, so honestly, this book is uh, is one that changed my life. And it, it's funny to kind of attribute the weight of that to a book. But I honestly believe in the power of ideas, right? And um, what this book kind of inspired me to do was to uh, was to to take some risks that involved that involved really listening to to myself and like what I thought like the greatest thing that I was capable of doing was and so like in in doing that and like like understanding that like I was able to make some really serious like life decisions that really ultimately led to where we are today what Peter and I are doing is like it's pretty cool to to see how the power of ideas can manifest themselves. Yeah. And that's exactly what the book is about. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty damn good intro for y'all. If y'all were kind of on the fence, if you should read this book, I'll give y'all a slight bit of background without going too far into it or giving any spoilers. So this kid, he's in a field, he's a sheep herder. He has a dream, like an actual dream in his head while he's asleep that he could go find this treasure in Egypt at the pyramids. And long story short, he has to go through a, a large hero's journey to get to this point of getting to his treasure. Uh, some would say a unique treasure at the end of the book. But I think the book portrays the idea that you can literally manifest anything into the world. And his hero journey, and, and the, the boy's name in this book is Santiago, he takes it from the dream state which a lot of profound thoughts come from is that dream state and then manifested manifested it into the world. And he has to go through innumerable obstacles to get to that. And it has a lot of the touchings of the classic hero's journey, but with a slight twist on it. And I would say that it's way more relatable than a lot of books that I've read in the past. What, what do you think about it, Cam? 
It's a really interesting story, right? Because it's not very long and it's 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 very uh, anecdotal in the way that it's written. It's just a story of a boy, and right? Totally aligns with this hero's journey of tribulations, of overcoming obstacles. But within it, it's like the actual literal text um, is fascinating, right? Because every line is 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 profound. So y- you kind of get to this point where it took me like, several months to actually read the whole <laughs> book because I kept picking it up reading a couple lines putting it down and like literally like I would go through life and like actually apply some of those th- thought processes and it was it was profound that's perfect for the podcast because it's rather than just talking like giving a book review we're trying to get around the themes of this and what made it oddly observant yeah exactly <laughs> so <laughs> could really pick things from the book and manifest it in the real life. And it's kind of funny because in the book, that's what he's doing. He's taking something from the abstract, which was a dream and turning it into his, you know, in the book, his real world and manifesting this whole hero's journey of leaving home, leaving Spain where he's from and going to Africa and finding this treasure that he in his dreams desired and that he, they call it in the book, the soul of the world, what it was speaking to him of. Yeah. And it's fascinating because I know that you know everyone that's listening to this podcast, whether you're 20 or 40 or 18, everybody has that voice in their head that calls to them to transcend to their full abilities. And it's everybody knows that it's not easy, but everybody always has that voice in their head that is trying to be the best them they can be. Mm-hmm. And the book gives you actionable advice and stories of how to actually do that and how to push through some of the biggest fears along this journey, which one of the biggest fears is the fear of failure that the book continuously talks about. And I think that's something anybody can relate to. Yeah, totally. I I, I think, too, something that's overstated a lot, kind of adjacent to your point, is that the actual influence of, like, what actually happens depends so much on how the opportunity is like presented itself to certain people so like for example like if you like grow up in like a remote part of the world right you could be the potentially the greatest mind in software engineering but if you never touch a computer that that's a huge barrier for you to overcome said obstacle and you may not not even know that this is a capability for you right so it's really interesting to see how ability and opportunity um how life really just turns out because um a key theme in the book is if you want something bad enough and you actually take intention you take acts behaviors you you act with intention um um then the universe will conspire in your favor and other things will start to fall into place because you've kind of set them in motion with the proper intention. Things that, you know, almost all successful people will say has has contributed in their life. But honestly, it's it's something that you can only kind of experience for yourself yeah, because it's not something that's like, I, I don't want to be the person to be like, oh, this is fact, you know? Every, every there, there are people who are super unlucky who who live in remote parts of the world, right? Who like do not have the same opportunities as other people. Because if you are providing for your community and your people are like happy, it's like them all the power to you. Even if you're not 
building, progressing innovation, et cetera, you could be a, a progressing innovation on a micro level in your community, right? Like there's there's so many different ways to measure success and, and it, it's all dependent on what you want. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's the, what it all comes down to. The the quote in the book, that the quote you just mentioned about the universe, if you truly desire something, the universe will conspire in its full form to help you to its fullest extent. In the book, it says because you are part of the universe and the universe is part of you. You know, that could be woo woo, but in a way it's true. Like your atoms were fused in the middle of a star. Those atoms became the atoms that are and make you up. So it's actually there is, you know, woo woo-ness to it. But there is actually physical science evidence to this where you actually are made of the atoms that were fused in a star. So it's true. And then another quote that I loved from the book that really stood out as profound and had a direct impact on my real life was if a person is living out their personal legend, he or she knows everything that he or she needs to know. The only thing that can stop you is the fear of failure. And that stuck with me since the first time I read the book and now in the second time reading it is usually the only obstacle to stop things is you or the manifestations in your head because the universe will conspire with you to help you out. It's not going to be easy, but it definitely will help you out. Yeah, it's it's really interesting, man. It's really interesting because the book has so many interesting themes that it hits on that are just so human. Well, right? like let's bring one up for example, this the idea of the old wise man or like what the book's named after is that yeah. the alchemist, right? Yeah. This alchemist, the no the the archetype of the old wise man, the know he knows everything, he is wise, he can help you out. The alchemist in this book has the ability to ch- change lead to gold. Yeah. And people are always chasing that. And not so much in the physical form, but the, you know, spiritual form of changing something that's abstract into reality. And this book again and again, when Santiago goes into the belly of the beast and he's on the downside of the hero's journey, the alchemist interjects or the old wise man or the universe interjects and says, hey, it's time to get out of the rut and keep going. And I found that pretty interesting because I think anybody knows these parallels in life where you can get down, but then once you push through that down phase, it seems to be a better life forever after. It's really interesting because um, ultimately people can take things in the literal sense because they they want to project some sort of, um, they, they want to actually, sorry, not project, deflect some sort of responsibility for some stuff, right? They just want to. They just want to be able to subscribe to whatever they feel is like the easiest way of life for them. And sometimes that's hate for people, which is unfortunate, right? But in life, people always have the choice to do what's best for them, right? And honestly, every major religious text has the same co- core concept in mind, right? It's people who take the literal, um, um like substance of stuff and and turn it into something like volatile right it's people who like manipulate things to 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 kind of fit their agenda right so if you actually like read this text if you read the alchemist the core concept that a lot of these have to have you know that they subscribe to to have a healthy happy consistent stable 
life to provide, you know, compounding growth for everyone is to, to really just do what you love to do, to mind your own business, and to really, to really dig into what it is that you do. What's right? like what connects you to the soul of the world what, is what the book says. Exactly. What, what is the thing that opens up that world for you, right? Because everyone has different things that that is, right? But, but deep down, like we know, we know what it is that we can do to actually like affect, you know? Yeah. The, in, in the book, uh, one of the biggest trials, if you want to use the hero's journey as uh, a kind of a map for what happens is his lowest low is right as he's, he finally makes that choice, which we all know that when you're about to make a huge life choice, half the battle is just deciding to be like, okay, I'm in, I'm fully in. Right. But of course, as soon as Santiago, the boy in this gets to Africa and he's committed fully to his journey, what happens? He gets robbed. He hits the lowest of the lows. He has no money. He's in a foreign land. He doesn't speak the language. And this mirrors, this can be mirrored in everybody's life. I know they've had that moment where you feel like everything's been stripped from you. Mm. But in that moment, I think you realize that you're the most free you could possibly be. Mm-hmm. And that in the book, he actually takes the the white and the black rock that signify what he should do, like yes or no. And he looks at him and he's like, actually, I don't need this. Mm-hmm. I know what I can do. Mm-hmm. And he goes and does it after that. And he begins his journey. Mm-hmm. But it, it's almost you get the high of, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm so excited. And then you get hit with reality of like how hard the obstacle is or how long it's going to take. And it it's eye-opening because the book portrays this in the story of Santiago, but this happens again and again in every person on this planet, and it's happened since the dawn of time and will continue to happen after we're all long dead. Yeah, because it's really a story of, of baby steps. But I want to kind of make a clarification on, on the point I was making earlier, just with the, the actually always being able to affect something, because sometimes there are, um, Peter and I were talking about a book I read um, recently, which is Outliers um, <clears throat> by Malcolm Gladwell. And um, there are so many different opportunities that he argues in the book that are have been presented to people um through time right that have led to extraordinary circumstances and there have been so many negative negative circumstances that have led that have caused great people or people who could be who could thrive in other situations to flounder right and it, it, it's really quite fascinating when you look at how um actual I mean, actual sociology, that actual society plays into the effect of how how we actually become certain things. It's hard to start a billion-dollar company during World War II when everybody's at war across the world. Exactly. It's hard to become a computer genius before computers are invented. Right. You know what <laughs> Even I mean? Even if you had this, the ability to abstract, then you would have been the best programmer in the world. Exactly. And so now we look at the time that we're in, and it's like, wow, we really get the sense that anything is possible. Right. If you can think of something like it's probably possible within your lifetime, it's quite fascinating. I mean, we're talking about going to Mars and we're in this. is The only time that people could really think that is this point zero 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 one percent of time when we live in where the Internet allows somebody like us that grew up in middle America in Garland, Texas, to end up actually not only be able to make a change, but also feel like we can make a change. Because that's half the battle is feeling like you can do something and being confident that you're able to do so and then actually doing it. It, I feel like this concept of accessibility is something that we try and tackle every day at um, 
at Brass Roots. We really try and tr- try and make things like, as accessible as possible for every single person, right? Because if you, people ask like, what is your, who is your target demographic? I feel like if you make, depending on what your product is, obviously if you have B2B products or SaaS products, yeah, okay, I understand you have likely have a niche market. But if you have products, a consumer product, especially like a, a social consumer product, like your product should be accessible to every single person in the world. Because if not, then you're you're really showing bias, right? Because why would you want to exclude certain people from a product? Build that from the beginning too. <laughs> Having those thoughts at the very beginning allows you to build a system that allows for that. It's hard to do that retroactively after, after the fact. I sound like Mark Zuckerberg in his speech today, right? Yeah, in a way where Mark Zuckerberg was giving a speech on freedom of he was giving a speech I, on freedom of speech in, in I'm not Mark Zuckerberg yeah, on the record yeah, in Georgetown but it, regardless of that it's funny because I mean even Mark Zuckerberg if we want to use him as an example even though it just popped up randomly is that he was a hardcore nerd programmer when he was at Harvard and you could say oh he went to Harvard and whatnot but he had absolutely no business skills, no personal skills, no communication skills, and some would argue even to this day he may not have the the best skills personally or communication. But somehow he took the one skill he had and he really knew he wanted to create a huge business that connected people across the world. And he, for him to do that, he had to transcend past his innate abilities of being a good programmer and transcend to his fullest abilities, which was a businessman, an entrepreneur, uh, a good hirer, and all these different things that he's not inherently good at originally that he is good at now. So, I mean, I know that was a random thing that got brought up, but even in that case, you can see how someone like him had to transcend past numerous numerous obstacles to get Facebook to where it is now. Do you think, in, do you think I mean, how many other people do you think could have started Facebook? Not too many people, for sure. Like I don't know exact number, but I would like to look at it from like a time reference because Which pretty much ball, the time, ballpark, like th- hundreds, thousands, tens, thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions. Probably, I would say no one. The way it was created, like the, the way it, it worked out, but I'm sure there would have been like at least a thousand or ten thousand people that could have done it similar similarly. And maybe they could have been better or worse, but yeah. the way it manifested and how it grew, it would only happen that way with Zuckerberg and him being at Harvard and him having programmer parents and him having a connection to Peter Thiel. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that you can't necessarily like just pass off as anybody else could do that because he just happened to be in the perfect situation. Almost yeah. like you were saying with Malcolm Gladwell's book Outliers that some things align perfectly and when the when someone is aware enough or oddly observant enough like Zuckerberg was you sure. you see that opportunity and it's like oh I got to do it yeah it could have been anyone but he was the one who did right? right and so it's like give him as much crap as you want but like he was able to abstract and understand that the argument you know that I the, essentially yeah. the reason I asked the ar- the argument that I was going to bring up why can't Zuckerberg like like anybody could do Zuckerberg's job, right? If they had Facebook as a vehicle, right? Mm, I don't know about that, but, sure. but, but not not not, not sure. anybody. But I mean, like there may be in the tens, thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. Once like Facebook is created, 
right? Like maybe at that time, there's only Zuckerberg and he had the perfect timing for this to happen. And right? the ability to actually program it because somebody and had to ability, make it. Totally, totally, right? But, um, um, and it, it's, you know, foolish to speculate on otherwise. But like once Facebook started taking off, it's like, I mean, yeah, he was instrumental in scaling it, but I think like there's definitely other people who could have done yeah. a fine job. But again, the power is in the idea. The idea sure. of Facebook that he started is where most of the power co- came from, and then the vehicle was built around that idea. But the idea is that soul or the core of the business. Well, and I think this really comes back to the alchemist when you talk about investing in ideas, right? Because those are the things that are really truly manifesting for you, right? So it's like you can, people make decisions all the time based on premises that are that are kind of false. And this is kind of connecting back to the main points that we were making, right? It's like people make decisions based on, on, on things that they, criteria they put on their head immediately and they kind of like, so pass off the, that responsibility right to other people because they're external groups or group things exactly other stimulus that come in from the outside world. exactly it's like a natural human thing to do right and so then we become desensitized to to um actual like other people you know what i mean because we're kind of like insulating ourselves by like deflecting this in a way you know and that's that's kind of the situation where like we think, you know, we, we're just in a disconnect on communication. Really, that's what it, it, it boils down to, at least with on a on a human to human level, because we're we're ultimately kind of experiencing all of these new unprecedented times together. Right. But there's no blueprint of how to react to social media. Right. There's no blueprint of how to actually behave or act in a social digital world right it's impossible to like like there's negative effects of facebook there's positive effects of facebook there's all of these things are affecting people in a multitude of ways so how it's it's insanely difficult to measure okay is it net positive and net negative for me and then how does that apply to the other seven billion people in the world yeah and right really it's i don't think it's anybody's especially when the company first started or Zuckerberg first had the idea he's only 19 I don't think in even the craziest of worlds or even if he's a super lizard genius there's no way that he could have foreseen the fact that it would have grown to where political ads are being on there and people are fighting over free speech and some of the core things that make like America great or make us stand out from the rest of the world but the idea of Facebook is what led it to get to that point. And now you have to deal with the consequences because there's no way to foresee, even if you have the best idea with the best intentions, there could be bad consequences. And really it's up to you just to continue adapting and continue trying to transcend the current situation and get the best outcome as you can. It's not easy though. That's for sure. You are the decisions you make. Right. And so I think that's, that's ultimately what I, we we all we have is the decisions we make with with the resources we have with the assets we have and if you're crippled right you can't choose to go run a marathon right you can do the marathon thing but you're not running right right because 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 you can't right you physically can't and those are your circumstances right but it, the intent or the idea of the marathon can still be captured you just have to Precisely. You have to follow the the hero's journey or your personal journey to get to that point. And it may not be easy or as easy as someone else, but if that's your intent and that's the idea and the 
like your soul of the world, exactly. then you can make it happen. But and it and it's not just to say that that person isn't going through life making their own decisions on things like all of us, right? But they just have a certain set of constraints, like we all do. We have all have actual like, like, you know, there's there's constraints and there's ways to get around certain constraints. But but for the most part, you know, did uh, I'm we're talking about a snapshot of what time is right now, what we're looking at right now, you know, and ultimately it's really it's really difficult to try and be someone you're not and so the whole point of the alchemist isn't to say hey you have to be doing the biggest and best thing right now it's like what can you do within your circumstances to really affect change because yeah not everybody could have been mark zuckerberg but somebody could provide that sort of level of greatness on on a scope that's like impactful in like a totally different way you know what i mean yeah summarize it again and bring it back to the themes that we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast is that if you want it bad enough and if you desire it truly and like within your like deepest part of your body the universe will conspire with you it's going to throw you on a roller coaster as it should because the world and the universe are inherently uncertain and nobody knows what's going to happen next but there's always the underlying if you're looking at a stock chart it's always gradually up into the right and you know ignoring survivor bias but there's this force that push pushes you in the right direction this unannounced force that we don't know how to describe it or explain it but that's what these books hit on and i think we've all experienced as humans we we see it every day you know we talk about it every day it's like innovation is just exponentially compounding right and 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 we're in an unprecedented time like we're at the forefront of the unprecedentedness and that's only going further right we're only we're only exceeding new heights right so all of this is uncharted territory so that's what we can count on for the future reliably right i almost feel like we're since i mean to add some perspective i think if you look at it and you're being oddly observant you go from a, a high point of view it's since we're in this crazy irrational rare time in our life where we can make so much change with so like take make so much more change than our predecessors or our our, uh, our relatives in the past it should inspire you to be like dang i have the power to do anything i want at this point so let me make it happen and let me contribute to the greater human good and let's see just how deep the rabbit hole we can go yeah. with innovating and like seeing how far we can reach not only in our lifetime, but how that sets up the next person. Because the best, one of the best quotes I've ever heard is the the man or woman that plants the seed of the tree, knowing that he or she will never sit under it, is like understands the meaning of life. Yeah, and it, that's pretty profound to me. It's, you're you can do the thing that you're motivated in, and that your intent, and that you feel in the deepness of your body, and it can have innumerable effects in the future that you didn't foresee. Mm-hmm. That will be greater than just you and be, you know, perhaps even leave a legacy for the whole species instead of just a couple people. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. It, it it really is, man, because that I think everyone has their purpose and it, it it's something that's dynamic. It changes with life, right? So there's we all the only thing that is constant is change, right? We can expect change, we can expect different circumstances. Everyone has different wants and desires and we're all different we're predisposed differently so there's no more honor in any trade than another 
right so we all have we all have a pull to certain things but there are certain things like for example what we do with like with software it's like we we have this idea of like yo these things that these systems that we can build are scalable these things can last beyond us these things can work for millions and millions of people and we can build this from our computer from my my you know toilet right it's 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 entirely possible right all you need is a computer the accessibility point to build something that could be literally used by billions and billions of people was built by a guy like mark zuckerberg but it could have been built by 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 someone listening to this podcast totally and it, it so imagine if that hadn't happened and it maybe internet access you know got to someone like africa a little bit earlier and someone in africa just happened to have the idea they could have totally done it right right they could have totally done it that should motivate anyone listening to this podcast to take that leap where it's needed and you know you have to ask yourself really hard questions before you take that leap obviously but Mm -hmm. once you take that leap you're going to go through trials and tribulations but those trials and tribulations will allow you to transcend into your the full your full self in a way or the full self that your bloodline has worked so hard for over millions of years to try to achieve at least in practice or in ideas so it's not just you that's what i go back to too sometimes is that for me to even be here my ancestors 50 generations back had to do exactly what they did and happened to conceive on a certain night that allowed for the certain next relative to get the right person to then allow for me and it's mind-blowing so when you put it into perspective it's like oh crap like if that's the case like i can grab meaning from anywhere by just looking at it or literally just thinking for a second because it's so and that can be so profound where did you come from peter like have you how much i don't know how much your listeners have heard about your um about your ancestry yeah so you know allegedly I, nobody knows. I haven't taken an ancestry DNA, and I don't want to because they're going <coughs> to steal my data. But outside of that, I've been told that I'm largely Sicilian Italian. I came from the city of Syracuse, which is near, it's in the Mediterranean, like borders the Mediterranean. So it's a ocean city. The city is, it's actually ironic because one of the best childhood places I used to go in the U.S. was Syracuse. So it's kind of ironic how that happened. I figured this out like a year ago. But also the other half of me is high Irish, was you know, not as much Italian. I have much more Italian, but I'm also, they would say, you know, the Celtic people or the pagan people of northern and like or the north half of Ireland, not just formal northern Ireland. And I've actually thought about it a lot more is how much does the ancestry of those places or the beliefs or the thoughts that my ancestors thought or the experiences they experienced in those areas, how much does it play into my life now? And I can see it, you know, it's easy to see it at like the, the olive skin tone or, you know, the Italian family I have. But sometimes I go, I can almost go down rabbit holes where it's like, damn, am I more prone to think of abstract things because the pagan people in Ireland had a different way of religion, thus their brain was actually constructed slightly differently than, say, someone that was like a... um an angelical Christian of England. So it's very interesting. They should do a study on us since, since we've been friends for so long. Right. Because it's, it's like we're neighbors, right? We were, we've been, we were neighbors as kids growing up. You accelerate that. I mean, that's so essentially what I'm saying is that's controlling for your location. Yeah. Right. So now you can really look at is 
strictly just family right and actually you're the rest of your social environment like your school it's really cool because you don't have to just rely on the you know the traits that you see every day from your family generations back and i mean if you go back far enough we're all related but like you said it's like now the technology exists or it's like you know whether you like it or not facebook or whatever app you have can look on your phone and be like oh wait cameron and peter were next to each other for 10 years straight and every day they would text message and we have a a copy of that so it's like in a hundred years when our like great 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 grandchildren are looking back they'll be able to be like oh well i don't just have the influences of the blood or of the traits the genes they there's actually cameron ideological things in there because they used to hang out all the time or aldo or whoever i hung out with so it's well, really cool and that's an interesting point too because that's that's exactly kind of what i was thinking is like how much it did us being friends make us more like each other or were we naturally like each other you know and it's like because our parents for example and, and it really our much, parents are aren't really like each other well really that, how that, much that, are that, we they get, like each other though because like yeah i could really go down the list where say like we share a lot of similar things but like we lived well, very vastly different like childhoods and we took very different paths but ended up at the same time kind of converging in certain areas well and i guess in a lot of ways like our parents shared a lot of characteristics right but it's just like their actual of their circumstances but their actual like like personalities are totally different like they're totally different people yeah you know i mean everybody's different Different. which is exactly that's why it's cool and i think it will be cool into the future to see well facebook's probably the best example of how people interact it either on the internet or in real life and kind of see where they were getting their ideas from. It's weird the role that politics has in uh, in the in the um, in the landscape of innovation, right? Because it's like it, it restricts its it can restrict it so much and it can enable it so much. Well, it's like we can't. I don't think, like, say we were born twenty years ago, and say we had all the current technologies, but the political winds were the same. We could have done it in the U.S., but. If we, you and me were best friends born across the street from each other in Iran or Iraq, it would have been, or, you know, list any, like, or China where it's totalitarian. It would have been really hard to get these free ideas out there and be able to have a high bandwidth between us like we do and make it manifest in the world. We could have hacked it. We could have found a way, but it would have been 100 times as hard and maybe even killed us at that point. Yeah, so. 100 times less, likely. you know, a million, gajillion times less likely, right? Yeah. Um, was it back to your point where it's like circumstance and where you are in space and time can really have a profound impact on what can happen it it, it always does right without a doubt it always does which is the craziest part because who knows like whether it was that peter and i grew up in the kind of same area at the same time whether it was like whether we were naturally similar whether like all of those things contributed to it to to us being similar or how similar we are even actually you know what i mean it's because there's definitely layers to it because there's a lot of a lot of things that like we share as friends that like you could say okay hey this is like this is something this is a characteristic that uh, like made us friends in the first place or it's like hey this is like something that the other person like in being friends that person you know like influence you to like another example or introduce to you yeah another example is yeah we're very like we've always been interested in computers and technology but neither one of us would have been as educated about it in a true and 
applicable sense if we weren't friends with Aldo. Exactly. So we could have been, we could have thought we were so tech savvy, but until you, like, we became really good friends with a programmer and understand how deep it goes, did we really, were we able to bond over that even more? Yeah, and, and that's really how like everything conspired with the company and everything, right? Like it, it just kind of came together, yeah. you know? It's like he came back with that knowledge. We, I right? dropped out at the same time that Aldo came back from school, at the same time that you were going to school and just got an apartment at UTD, yeah. which we were all hanging out with because yeah. we were all at different points in our life, yeah. needing friendship, needing... Yeah, I just so happened, like I lived in the cheapest apartment at UTD and I just so happened to have, so I, it was a four bedroom apartment, but I just so happened to have a period in time where there wasn't a roommate in one of the rooms the same time that Aldo moved back and right. didn't have a job. He still had another month of school, right? right? And so um, he just moved in with me. And during this time, we would just always go to the library and we were just constantly talking about this idea we had, you know? And um, that's just, that's where it started. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's kind of crazy because it comes back to the right after that is when I actually read The Alchemist for the first time, and then I kind of realized that things things had lined up, you know. And to me, it was like, okay, well, this is just an opportunity in my life. It's like it seems like this is something that I could do to be great, you know. And that was really compelling to me, you know. And it, it still is. So it's kind of it's really cool to see how everything has pushed it in that yeah. direction, because because. Ultimately, I mean, and I I would just encourage reading to everyone because the the more you can do of it, it's like the different the more you can actually get different perspectives, more more information you can digest about just the world, you know. So yeah, and we've talked a lot about circumstance and stuff falling into place, but I'm a huge proponent. I know you are as well, and and the in these books you'll see is that you actually have to go out there and make it happen, and it takes a unique person to kind of get past those mental barriers of taking something from the abstract and then manifesting it into the real world. And if any one of y'all listening can harness that skill, not only will you probably be rich monetarily, but you'll be rich inside, which is the most fruitful thing I think you can do because circumstance plus action equals quote unquote success. It doesn't mean you're going to be like a billionaire or a millionaire, but it's that internal fulfillment that you get and you're lowering suffering while adding meaning, yeah. which is a big human plight that we've been dealing with throughout history. And anytime you can do kill multiple birds with one stone, it's recommended, right? Anytime you can take care of your well-being and your family's well-being through actions that you perform through your interests, it's always preferred right so it's and it's it, almost the most pure way yeah because like we all want to reduce struggle right and we all want to innovate and it's like i mean not all of us want want to innovate actually that's not true it's like everyone wants different things right you know but whatever we want as long as it's not hurting other people um there's typically a way to make that sustainable we all have to c- kind of work you know a little bit for our bread but you know, ultimately, we're going to be able to automate if we trust science, if we trust our ability to innovate, we'll be able to uh, we'll be able to figure out, you know, like like how to take care of like food problems. We'll be able to figure out how to like take care of job problems. Right. Like it, it's it's well, the thing is, you don't have to look to anyone else to do that or trust anybody else. You can just make it happen, too. Exactly. And that's kind of the, the beauty in it is this world. You don't have to just listen to what somebody says or whoever has power over you. You can actually do something about it you can build anything yeah we're not 
5,000 years ago where you had to cling to the strongest person around to just survive. We're at this point now where in a you know majority sense, most peoples in America, their almost their basic needs of water and some amount of food are taken care of. And if it's not, it's tragic and we should fix it. But those basic needs are taken care of. So now the sky is the limit. What can you conjure up in your head and then manifest into the world? And again, if you can get past that and actually try to manifest in the world, the universe will do everything in its nature to conspire with you because you are part of the universe and the universe is you in a physical and woo-woo sense. You have to make smart decisions, right? You have to make be able to make critical decisions right it, it, it's not just as simple as it is because it's going it's like it you have to be patient with everything things are going to slap you around constantly right and, and it's like you have to be able to make smart decisions because if you can't none of this applies right it doesn't work because it, you aren't able to master the world the point of this is is that like despite your circumstances anybody is able to make smart decisions Every single human being is capable of making smart decisions, right? I believe I believe that little like literally we're all capable of sustainable lives okay. if we if we just have the proper intention, right? Like I, I totally think it's possible. Yeah. So somehow we're already forty five minutes in, but we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up. I just want to tell y'all if you haven't read, go read The Alchemist and read Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. The Alchemist is by Paul Kaleo. Sorry, I didn't mention that. We briefly touched on the themes here, and we know the conversation bounced around. But if you dig into the book, you'll see why it's not easy just to talk about one thing in the book because there's so many different profound things that can have so many impactful uh, aspects on your life. And I think I'm probably going to actually reread it again at some point. I know it'll call to me at some point, but... Cameron, do you have anything to say before we get out of here? Yeah, just take your time um, reading it. You know, like like don't try to rush. Yeah, it. it's definitely it's definitely one of those things because you can take the story very literally and miss a lot of stuff. And so if if, if you do read it, want to get the most out of it, um, I would recommend to all all your listeners just read it, take your time with it. Um, you don't have to. You could take a couple months. You know, if it, it that's not the point of it isn't to read the book. It's to use the book as like a like something to help you help you understand the world better you know or whatever whatever you want to get out of it right there, there's something of value there so and be- before we get out of here uh do you have any plugs social medias anything like that that you want oh, to add on to you know always follow tuner web um on instagram for that fresh content um we've got all s- sorts of sleek designs we got some really beautiful animations. Um, there's really cool stuff that we're actually posting, and um, we're going to be doing some uh, contests soon um, to to give away tickets. Um, our app, um, Brassroots, um, is going to be available for beta soon. Um, so if you if you're interested in checking out the dopest um, music app ever conceived, um, you should <laughs> go to BrassrootsApp.com. Um, and uh, sign up and uh, as soon as it's available you'll get a free download link and um, yeah as long as you have a Spotify subscription um, everything is totally free and it's it, you'll be able to you'll be able to check out the feature so sweet all right guys uh, make sure you go subscribe on Apple and on Spotify you can go to oddlyobservant.com and leave any feedback on the episode 
You can also follow me personally on Twitter at PeterShortino20 or at OddlyObservant. Can't wait for the next episode. I'll see you all next time. Doo-doo-doo-doo. <laughs>